You're listening to the Keto and Low Carb Success Podcast, Episode 39, What's the Story with Protein? Enjoy keto and low carb success by becoming aware of what foods work best in your body and why. Master your mindset to make the journey an easy one. Learn all this and more with this podcast based on my trademarked Granny Keto Transitions program. Join me, Miriam Hatoum, health coach, course creator, and author of Conquer Cravings with Keto, as I give you actionable coaching advice with each episode that is sure to empower you and take any confusion out of following a keto or low-carb diet. It's like being a private coaching client while you listen at your own convenience. But before we start, I wanted to offer my free gift to you for just taking a peek at my course, Roadmap to Keto and Low-Carb Success. No obligation, just take a peek. At the bottom of the page, you will find a spot to put in your name and email address. And like magic, my 35-page Keto and Low-Carb Planner will appear in your inbox. The feedback on this planner has been fabulous, and it is yours free for just taking a look over at miriamhatoum.com course. The direct link will be in the show notes and transcript. And now to the episode, what's the story with protein? One of the most debated questions with keto is how much protein should I eat? There is very little debate that you must keep your carbohydrates low and eat fat to satiety in both keto and low carb. But what do you do about protein? Please understand that with either way of eating, you are not going to be eating unlimited amounts of protein. Be smart when planning protein for meals and snacks. Even when eating the carnivore diet, which is animal products only, you still will be listening to your hunger signals. Protein triggers feedback on satiety more efficiently than carbohydrates. Pay attention and you will not be having all-you-can-eat quantities of meat. Up to now, no organization has established a firm upper limit on what might constitute too much protein in a person's diet. In a healthy individual, the body will safely rid itself of unneeded protein. Also, the older you are, the more protein you need to consume because your body does not as efficiently process protein as it did when you were younger. Let's start with the fact that protein is an essential nutrient. Proteins are the building blocks of cells and muscles. They are essential for brain function and other functions, such as healing cuts and wounds. The body will recycle much of its protein, and you do not need to consume large quantities to have a healthy body. Even though scientists do not fully understand the process, human cells break down excess or unusable proteins into amino acids they can use. This is referred to as recycling protein or protein turnover. You may have heard of gluconeogenesis in your keto social media travels. By a process called gluconeogenesis, 
in which the liver can convert amino acids from protein into glucose, the liver may produce a little too much glucose, which could impact insulin. This, however, is usually not a supply-driven process. It is mostly a demand-driven process, meaning that it doesn't automatically happen if you eat a lot of protein. It happens if and when your body needs glucose. The issue of the liver converting protein into excessive glucose as a supply-driven process tends to happen more in people with very severe insulin resistance or difficult-to-control diabetes. An interesting side fact about consuming too much protein is that if you tend to eat a lot of protein, that protein contains a lot of phosphorus, which is a stimulant. As a result, you will find you might not sleep well after a heavy protein dinner. Before we go on, I want to mention keto metrics. When you are beginning keto or low-carb eating, the only metric you have to pay attention to is your carbohydrate count. However, if you want to follow keto, you will see a lot of references to your macros. Macro is an abbreviation for macronutrient, referring to carbohydrates, proteins, or fats. When you hear the term macro in a keto discussion, that refers to the grams you are allowed for each category. Now, I want to talk about the new face of keto. Although it is important to be informed about what you are reading, I do not agree with the extremely low protein allotment that most keto sites suggest. There is what I like to call the new face of keto that is popping up among researchers and social media influencers. The new wisdom is to do just what I am telling you here. Do not fear protein and certainly do not severely moderate it. And the older you are, the more you need to add it to your diet. There are three ways to calculate your protein needs. One simple and older but prevalent calculation for keto protein allotment is 45.5 grams per 5 feet of height, then every inch over 5 feet multiply by 2.3 and add it to 45.5. It gets a little complicated at the beginning, but once you have your protein allotment done with your calculator, you're done for the day, so to speak. There are other formulas that may include body mass index, which is known as BMI, basal metabolic rate, which is BMR, total daily energy expenditure, TDEE. There are abundant resources for these formulas on the web, and I don't include them here. But each one tries to answer the question, how much protein for keto? If you are young, an athlete, and not metabolically challenged in any way, you can have more than whatever that calculation is. You may want to work within that calculated number, and pay close attention to the incidental protein that I talk about below if you are not losing weight, are not getting into ketosis, have conditions such as fatty liver disease, are severely insulin resistant, have type 2 diabetes, 
or have other metabolic issues. There is, however, an easy way to figure protein needs. The protein allotment that I prefer and have suggested to my clients since being in practice is one that is more realistic and also backed by research, which is 1.2 to 1.7 grams per kilogram of reference body weight. The reference weight is not your goal weight necessarily, but what is an average weight for your height? For instance, I am 5 foot 4 inches, and my reference body weight is approximately 140 pounds, which is 64 kilograms. I got this by using a standard BMI chart, looking up my height, and then picking the number that falls at the high end of a normal BMI, which is 24. We can split hairs here. Normal is up to 24.9, but then the math gets too hard. My protein allowance falls between 76.8 to 108-point grams of consumed protein, not the grams of weight. All that being said, there is even an easier way. In my practice, I find that women settle in nicely at at least 100 grams of protein. Men do well with 125 to 150 grams of protein. The older you are, the less efficiently protein is used. So don't skimp on protein. It is always better to go a little over. What does this look like? For meals, when you start out, you will probably be eating three meals a day. I mentioned in an earlier episode that when I ate keto, I more or less ate two meals a day. If you're eating low carb, you probably will stay with the three meals a day. I recommend strongly that you limit yourself to three adequate meals that cut out any need for snacking. Start with that and arrange your protein grams accordingly. The best way to approach this is to split your protein fairly evenly between these three meals. Dividing your day into three meals comes to about 30 grams of protein per meal. This is main course protein. But then there's incidental protein. You will be eating incidental protein in vegetables, coffee cream, cheese and other dairy, nuts and seeds. The biggest struggle is just mindfulness. Pay attention to what you eat and learn protein counts of food. I don't want you to be tethered to a counting app. That's not what I'm saying. But at the beginning, just try to build an awareness of the counts of your favorite foods. When starting out, and this is where I talk about the escape route out of diet prison, Just begin by counting those macros to get things in line. I looked things up when I started, and I was so surprised to find that fish and shellfish and other lean protein pack a lot of protein into each serving size. As long as you are eating good quality protein, don't worry too much about that. It is unlikely that a woman is going to overeat protein. In fact, most women are not getting enough. Please don't run back and forth to your food scale to shave off an ounce of something. 
I know I did that in my Weight Watchers days. You need to make this a lifestyle and not a diet. And I want to talk about the War of the Grams, which comes into play when weighing your protein. The term grams of protein means the number of grams of protein that is in a food, not the weight of the food in grams. For example, three ounces of ground chuck cooked weighs 85 grams and contains 22 grams of protein. The same three ounces, 85 grams, of cooked bacon contains nine grams of protein. This is a question that comes up frequently when people are new to keto and low carb. Don't worry, just make sure you are measuring the correct thing. To measure how much protein you should be eating, there are various calculations and formulas that I mentioned. But most importantly, listen to your body. Human beings are not machines and calculators should not rule your life. Eat good quality protein. Pay attention to your hunger signals. Remember, don't be afraid of protein. If you are still afraid of protein after all you have read on social media and want to avoid overeating, engage in sequential eating as coined by Dr. Robert Size. Some people call this putting in a speed bump. Take what you feel is an adequate portion of food and divide it into two plates. Put the plate in front of you that you are going to eat and put the other plate either in the middle of the table or on a kitchen counter. Finish what is in front of you, then see if you want the rest. Other mindfulness practices that will help you listen to your body are just slowing down and tuning into your hunger scale. Do not take three ounces of protein, the standard deck of cards or palm of your hand size portion, and divide that. Take something substantially more to start. If you are still hungry and want to eat more, eat more. Choose protein sources where the fat is part of the protein, such as chicken thighs with the skin, egg yolks, not just the whites, steak that is marbled or has the fat layer around it like a good ribeye. These choices will automatically align protein and fat recommendations and will keep you full longer on less food. Don't make yourself crazy with macros, but rather really begin to listen to your body. Again, pick protein options that come packaged with their own fat. Marbled and higher fat meats, chicken legs with the skin on, full-fat dairy, oily fish like salmon and sardines, etc. You will find your sweet spot with protein. Just a little more than some might recommend for keto might make you feel better energy-wise and digestion-wise. This might make the difference between being successful or not. You need to make this a lifestyle and not a diet. As with carbohydrates, once you have an awareness of what you are eating, you can let go of the tracking and break free from diet prison. Use your hunger scale to determine how much protein for keto you need. Now, planning your meals and snacks. 
planning your dinner, take the elements in this order, protein, fat, and carbohydrate. Decide on a protein choice, meat, chicken, or fish. Assess the fat content. If you are making short ribs, for instance, or having chicken thighs with skin, you might be all set for the fat that accompanies the protein. If you are eating something lean, make sure to enhance it with butter or cream sauce, or prepare it in a nice avocado or olive oil. For instance, when I am making a skinless cut of chicken, I might put mayonnaise on it when I bake it or bake it in a cream sauce. And for planning snacks, it is important to pick filling foods that include protein and fat, otherwise you might be hungry almost immediately. As you are progressing through keto and low carb, you may find that you are not hungry at all for snacks, and this is a good thing. In episode 42 coming up, I will be talking to you about thinking outside the box. But for now, see my blogs on breakfast ideas and lunch ideas to get great suggestions for things that would work for keto and low-carb snacks. Links to both blogs are in the show notes and transcript. For low-carbohydrate programs, a candy bar or popcorn might be nice treats if you can fit them into your carbohydrate allowance, but they do raise insulin and you will get hungry sooner. So don't have them too often. Remember, I've said this before, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And also for low-carbohydrate plans, when you are planning snacks for the week, Try not to include high starch or sugary items more than once or twice. Now here I want to talk briefly about the carnivore way of doing keto. Carnivore is eating only animal products and fat. There are no plant products at all, except usually olives, olive oil, avocados, and avocado oil, and maybe some nuts. People who follow this way of eating do not count anything. They just eat and enjoy, but they do listen to their hunger scale. Eating the fat and protein is self-limiting when you tune into your hunger cues. There are people who have found tremendous health benefits eating this way. I am not looking to defend or deny the virtues of the carnivore way of eating keto, But there are a few questions that often come up in a carnivore discussion. Will I become constipated? Do I risk kidney damage? Am I getting enough vitamins? The short answers are no, no, and yes, respectively. The full answers to these and other questions are in Chapter 11, Questions and Dispelling Myths in my book, Conquer Cravings with Keto. The book is available at miriamhatoum.com slash books, and there is a direct link to it in the show notes and transcript. Now with animal protein, many foods are sources of protein. These includes nuts, dairy, and some vegetables. But here is a list of animal proteins that are complete and filling sources for you to use in planning your meals. And you don't have to be carnivore to enjoy them. All cuts of beef, 
beef deli meats, but check for the carb counts. Many may be high if there is added sugar or fillers. Pork, all cuts, pork deli meats, but again, check the carb counts. Some might be high if there is added sugar or fillers. Beef and pork snack items, such as pork rinds and skins, pepperoni slices, and bacon. Sugar used in the curing process will burn off, but do not have sugared bacon, such as maple-flavored, just by plain. Lamb, veal, other meats such as venison, chicken, preferably dark meat with the skin, turkey, preferably dark meat with the skin, duck, any kind of eggs, all fish and all shellfish. Just remember with the fish and the shellfish, usually unless you're picking a fatty fish uh, like sardines or salmon, these are very lean cuts and you do have to make sure that you add fat at your meals, whether you're eating keto or low carb. Because in either of these cases, but especially low carb, remember it is not also low fat. Anyway, back to proteins. Some people fear kidney damage with so much protein. One last thing before we leave the topic is I often get asked, even for regular keto, not even carnivore, is do I risk kidney damage? There is strong research that disproves that eating protein above the recommended daily allowance damages kidney function. It was thought that excess protein causes kidney disease, but about 20 years ago, that was disproven. If you have healthy kidneys, they will be able to handle the nitrogenous waste of protein. It is at stages three to five of kidney disease that you do have to be concerned about too much protein. But the protein itself will not cause kidney damage. Jason Fung uses a wonderful analogy using a sieve and blueberries. The sieve is your kidneys. The blueberries is the protein. If your sieve has no holes, it will hold the blueberries and the water will wash right over them and drain through the sieve. If you have holes in the netting, then the blueberries will fall through. It's not the blueberries that damage the sieve. It is the already damaged sieve that is the problem. The prominent study he refers to is in the show notes and transcript. I also encourage you to listen to the short-lived obesity podcast with Jason Fung and Megan Ramos, hosted by Carl Franklin. In episode 10, he specifically talks about the connection between protein and the kidneys. Remember these two concepts when choosing how much protein to eat. Number one, we are not machines and must eat according to what makes us feel best. For some, it might be a little more protein and a little less fat than a standard macro calculation would have you eating. And number two, Don't be afraid of protein. Gluconeogenesis is almost always demand-driven and not supply-driven. We talked last week about yo-yo dieting, and getting enough protein is one sure way to stop that trend. Remember that protein is an essential nutrient, 
And the older you are, the more you need because the body does not process this nutrient as efficiently as it did in your younger days. Listen to your body. There is natural feedback loops with protein and fat. If you truly listen to your body, you will not be overeating this nutrient. It will become easier and easier to answer the question, how much protein should I be eating? You are in charge. Your body is in charge. Just listen. Now on to your actionable coaching advice for this week. Have you downloaded your free copy of the Keto and Low Carb Planner yet? Today's coaching homework is on page 11. Now that we have talked a bit about protein requirements and how to plan it for meals and snacks, open to page 11 and write in at least three days of protein plans. A great way to do this to start is to take a look at what you already have in your freezer and fridge. Do you have chicken soup to use up? Cheese that is just sitting there? Hamburger that is already shaped into burgers? Or do you have a block that you can fry up for a recipe? Right now, eggs are at their pinnacle of pricing. But if you have some, make some deviled eggs for a snack or egg salad for lunch. And going back to that chicken, when is the last time you made a great chicken salad? I make mine, let me just tell you, this wasn't even part of my plans for this podcast, but I'm talking about chicken salad, I have to tell you. So what I do is I chop up crunchy vegetables. So I will chop up celery and radishes and I'll make carrots in a tiny, tiny little dice. You don't need a lot of them. Um, Onions if you like them. And what I do is I mix that in with the chicken, plenty of mayonnaise, walnuts, and if you're eating low carb and you can afford the carbohydrates, you can add sliced grapes, but I don't do that for keto. And you mix that all up and then you put that on lettuce. Sometimes I will chop up the lettuce and then mix the salad right in with the lettuce. Oh my God, what a meal. And I got to tell you something, I only use leftover chicken for it. So it's a great way to use your leftovers. Anyway, back to your assignment. Your assignment this week is to have ample protein for every meal and also for snacks. Although the further you are into keto and low-carb eating, the less you will need snacks because protein and fat keeps you fuller so much longer than a carb snack would. But whether doing keto or low-carb, don't worry right now about too much protein. And especially if you are an older woman, that is not going to be a problem for you. I know many extremely successful keto women whose weight loss stalled, and as soon as they cut back on fat a little bit and instead ate a little more protein, their weight loss immediately started again. Now let me remind you, if you've ever got a question you'd like to ask me or share a topic idea that you would like me to cover on a future episode, don't be a stranger. I always look forward to hearing from listeners like you. You are welcome to email me directly, Miriam at MiriamHatoom.com. Coming up in the next episode, I will be talking all about fruit. So go share the show with your friends. Let them know that's coming up in the next episode and invite them to tune in with you 
and learn how to become free from diet prison with my keto and low-carb success podcast. Until then, go live free from diet worry, and I'll see you back here next time.